Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 218th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items from this past week, as well as the top events that I attended. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. I'm going to start this week with the top event that I attended recently, which was the Comics Come Home event uh, hosted by Boston Bruins President Cam Neely. Uh, who had it for his Foundation for Cancer Care. Uh, Again, it was the second year in a row that I've attended, and it was great yet again. It's a tremendous Saturday night out. It was uh, just two weekends ago, and huge crowd at the TD Garden where the Celtics and Bruins play. A cast of thousands, shall we say. And it was hosted by uh, Dennis Leary, who is truly a natural as the master of ceremonies. He was just simply spectacular. He grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. So hence, that's part of the name. A lot of these guys are from, guys and girls, I should say, are from uh, the Boston area, hence the Comics Come Home name. And big names again this year, like the year before, uh, featuring Jimmy Fallon, Ray Romano, Louis C.K. and Lenny Clark, among others. It's uh, the biggest names in comedy, and it's just wonderful, and there's a true Boston flavor to the whole thing. Uh, And this year, uh, there was a fabulous Boston introduction video, as there was uh, last year. Um, It's just really well done. Um, Gets... Gets the crowd in the mood right off the bat. And these guys just all really put their heart and soul into it, put on a great show. And it's just uh, a laugh a minute, if not a laugh a second, throughout the evening. And just really a gala, gala event. And best of all, all for a good cause. Again, the local flavor is awesome with them talking about, uh, you know, when they were starting out as young comics, living in uh, apartments together in places like Cambridge and whatnot, and it's just really priceless stuff. So I was honored to attend again, and just again, a a terrific evening uh, for Comics Come Home by the uh, Cam Neely Foundation for Cancer Care. Moving on to sports, my highlight of the week was the Golden State Warriors winning again last night, 
coming from 23 down to beat the L.A. Clippers by seven. The amazing Steph Curry uh, reached even new heights for him with 40 points, including 12 for 12 from the free throw line. And for good measure, he grabbed 11 rebounds. The Warriors have now won 13 in a row to start the season and nearing the all-time record of 15, I believe it is. Uh, it's really the best show in the NBA since, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Magic. And it reminds me as a kid growing up, Steph Curry in particular, with the way he drains threes, controls the game, just his overall game. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, had the pleasure uh, as a grade schooler of watching uh, Pete Maravich, Rick Mount, and Calvin Murphy, the 3M boys, as they were called at the time. And it was just uh, special stuff then. It's even more special stuff now. This is just, you know, it already was last year, but now it's just, again, going next level. And Steph Curry and the Warriors are just simply appointment television. It's the most entertaining basketball I have seen in many, many years. And I might get to see it in person because I will get to see it in person because the Warriors are coming to Boston on December 11th, Friday night. Uh, I am planning to be there. I am praying that they will come in undefeated. I know there's a, <laughs> a lot of games between now and then, but uh, the way they're playing, it's possible. And the Celtics are off to a really good start, so they're they're feisty, at least. Uh, so, you know, uh, has the potential to be a good game, but let's face it, you know, it'll be uh, all about the Warriors that night, especially if they come in... Uh, on this role they've started the season with and bottom line, you know, I just like many, many NBA fans had to jump on the opportunity to see Steph Curry in person. He's one of those rare athletes where I just saw the, you know, after one of his great games in the past couple of weeks, I just thought, Oh, I wonder when they're coming to play the Celtics, checked it out, put things in order. So I plan to be there and, uh, you know, again, I just have to see this uh, this guy play in person um, to see if what I've been watching on TV, see how it translates in person on the floor right in front of me. Should be fun. And it's already been a lot of fun. Well, my low light of the week is Notre Dame being the home team tomorrow night at Fenway Park versus Boston College. It has uh, created this really strange dynamic here in Boston. A lot of people are like really frustrated, and by that I mean Notre Dame is controlling the tickets. It's the Shamrock Classic, uh, so it's impossible, really, for people in Boston to get the tickets. Uh, especially noteworthy, it's not only Notre Dame. It's the first football game at Fenway Park since 1968 when the, quote, Boston Patriots played there. It's the first college game at Fenway since 1956. So this is history tomorrow night. Uh, weather looks good. Um, but again, you know, Notre Dame fans are just piling into Boston. Uh, and BC fans here on their home turf, literally right down the street 
from Fenway Park, Boston College is literally right down the street uh, from Fenway. Uh, it's just created this really weird feeling uh, around town of uh, you know, basically feeling, uh, you know, shut out of a game being, you know, Boston College fans feeling shut out and, and lovers of football and lovers of football history all feeling shut out because they can't get their hands on a ticket because it's, again, a Notre Dame home game. Weird, weird, uh, and certainly a low light here in Boston. And uh, that leads into my bizarre story of the week, which was uh, Ronda Rousey losing, and it was just eerily similar and bizarre to the Buster Douglas knockout of Mike Tyson back in the day. Uh, You know, the fight was in a foreign land, in this case, Australia for Rousey, uh, Japan for Buster Douglas. And it was one of those crazy things where you wake up, uh, you know, Sunday morning and, you know, you get the shocking result that uh, wakes up more than a strong cup of coffee would. And then, uh, you know, you're left to see the highlights, the pictures, whatever it is they show after boxing matches or UFC fights these days. And it was all just very surreal. Luckily, me being the college football fan that I am, I had taped the college football final uh, with Joey Galloway and Joe Tessitore that they run every week on ESPN. So I had taped it for at like 2 a.m. and DVR'd it and... Instead of it being that, of course, it was the immediate aftermath of the fight. So it was great to get like, you know, immediate reaction and whatnot. And just, uh, you know, the stunning, stunning result. Uh, Ronda Rousey, as we all know, was the uh, ultimate lock in sports these days. And uh, so, you know, the fact she lost was really, really uh, stunning, to say the least. Obviously, there'll be a rematch. Anxious to see how this is going to turn out for UFC. You know, it's tough to say. I mean, her invincibility uh, up to this fight was a huge drawing card, I feel. And now that that's shattered, and I mean shattered, she was beaten, not only beaten, she was beaten badly. Uh, Second round knockout, literally knocked out at one point, unconscious, I believe. Um, You know... I don't know if that's going to make, you know, if that's going to create a lack of interest in the sport overall. Uh, Again, her invincibility was what had people buzzing, what made her different, why people were paying attention to the UFC. Now that it's over, uh, I'm I'm very curious to see how it's going to go. Uh, And we're going to know with the rematch, will it be bigger than when before she lost or not. So, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, doing great, John. Doing great. Fantastic weather here. Looking forward to another Saturday of college football. Yes, as am I. And we actually have wonderful weather here in Boston. Uh, it's 60 degrees and sunny. It's, like, really mild and, uh, you know, just in time for the historic bc notre dame game at uh fenway park tomorrow night one of many fascinating matchups uh this weekend uh we're getting down to it now ap uh right off the bat let's just talk start with the cfp um no change in this week's polls uh you know first time this year there's been no change and it feels like maybe the first time in their two-year existence uh I found that pretty interesting that, you know, the, the, the top six stayed pat, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, the top yeah, four. That was, yeah, that was quite interesting, John. Uh, I think just looking overall, they've given quite a few props to uh, certain teams, and some of it surprising, some not, I guess. Uh, I think Alabama kind of got excused for their – mishap against Ole Miss or all those turnovers. I guess that's the reasoning by the committee because they performed very well since. Clemson is gone defeated. They beat the power to be in that league perennially at Florida State Seminoles on Ohio State. They have so much talent. Who could deny them a, a spot among the Final Four? And then uh, Notre Dame is right in there. Uh, they just had the one loss, close loss, kind of, uh, in the storming rain at Clemson. So 
you know, it's uh, it's going to be down to the wire. It's going to get dicey. Absolutely. Well, some of these teams play each other. So, you know, as always, it will sort itself out to a certain degree. Um, and, you know, as I've always said, uh, BC, you know, when I look at BC right here in my neighborhood, uh, I see a team and a, a college that in both football and basketball rises up once every five years or so and shocks the nation. And they've done it twice to Notre Dame in recent years, not recent years, but going back, uh, you know, 20 years, uh, where they actually have cost Notre Dame national championship aspirations. Uh, so, you know, uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens there tomorrow night, although it's a Notre Dame home game, as I discussed in the opening segment. So uh, it's going to be a strange environment, to say the least. Uh, The thought of Boston College being potentially out-cheered, if you will, in Fenway Park, right down the street from their campus, is, uh, you know, pretty interesting, to say the least. It's definitely going to be worth... uh, tuning into see how that all turns out uh but yeah yeah bc uh, you know right off the bat you have to say you know they have the they believe it or not have the top defense in the nation but yet they've lost six in a row and their def and their offense is on i believe their fourth quarterback of the year so we shall see uh but you know i, I don't envision an upset but I think BC will be competitive because they have a good defense, at least uh, for a while. Yeah, the defense will always keep you in the game. And if there's any type of fumble, uh, mishandling of a punt, a kickoff, an interception, then you can have that short field and score. And then things start to tighten up for the favorite team, uh, which would be Notre Dame. And as they you know, try to finish this season, that's when things are played out where you find out who are the good teams, who are the pretenders, because if you're not used to being in that position, the coaches don't call the same plays. They become more conservative. They're not playing to win. They're just playing not to lose, which is a completely different mindset. So I always like these games at the end of the year. John. Oh yeah. Well, that's a good anatomy of a potential upset. I always get fascinated by watching upsets as they begin to unfold and it usually starts right off the bat when you know uh the team trying to pull the upset cannot miss any opportunities they have to be able to take advantage of basically every opportunity and then just get a rolling from there and then all the things that you said start to happen people get tight players coaches whatnot and other you know the up the team looking to pull the upset gets emboldened and uh, you know, there's nothing like it in sports, you, you know, uh, so we shall see. Although one upset that is not happening is a game, uh, with Alabama tomorrow. Are you planning to be there? I shall be there tomorrow, John. I sure will. Every, every season, it seems like before the Auburn game that Alabama schedules an FCS opponent. This year is no different. They're playing Charleston Southern, who is a top 10 team, John, in the FCS poll, number eight in some polls. So they're a good football team. 
at their level. But really, there should be a different opponent coming to Tuscaloosa tomorrow because to make people pay to watch that game is really, it's really outlandish. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, there's been a lot of chatter about not only that one, but, uh, you know, other games that, uh, you know, that are being played. I don't know if it's restricted to the, uh, you know, to the SEC West, but it's certainly, uh, I, I, what was the term I heard? Cupcake weekend or something? Uh <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, you know better than me, but I think a lot of SEC teams and particularly West teams are playing, quote, cupcakes uh, tomorrow. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that, that's I'll, pretty much the case. I know that, I mean, Alabama does have trouble finding opponents. I, I can attest to that personally, John, by talking to many schools around the country. They're just not interested in coming into Tuscaloosa. Um, of course, Alabama... The real particular, they don't, they don't like to play these home-and-home home series. So, really, it's kind of you're creating your own problem uh, to some degree. Yes. Um, sure to be interesting, uh, but, you know, I, I don't see any upsets occurring by any means. Nick Saban was pretty interesting this week, getting a little feisty, uh, you know, while talking about, you know, the uh, – the Charleston Southern game tomorrow and just uh, very, very animated. And most pundits have said, and I agree, you know, he was really talking to his team rather than uh, the media at, at large. Yes. That's his method of sending a strong, forceful, deliberate reference to this game to make sure that his team is going to play hard with a lot of intensity uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, John, if they had a week off, they're lucky they don't have a week off because if they didn't play hard this week, he put them to the mill. But this would be the Iron Bowl coming up next week, so he can't afford to uh, dish out any punishment, per se. Yeah, now the Iron Bowl this year is going to be played in Auburn or at Alabama? Auburn. At Auburn. At, at Auburn. Oh, well, you know better than anyone. That, that game is never a given. It just isn't, period. Same way Ohio State, Michigan is not a given, and uh, others as well. Uh, but you know, <laughs> you know, returning to the scene of the crime, right? That's the last time they were there. Was that was it? Chris Davis returned that kick for Auburn. That's right. So I imagine that film clip will get a few airings by all the networks. Absolutely, that will <laughs> that will be a uh, popular clip next week uh but alabama yeah they uh you know they're looking good what can you say it's uh i heard an interesting theory yesterday see what you think of it which was simply that you know teams after they play alabama go south real quick starting with lsu who has basically crumbled uh but basically the theory is is you know alabama beats them up so bad that you know it literally ruins the rest of their season and uh you know based on what's happening with lsu since then you know who am i to argue right i think there's some maybe some validity to that yeah jen i once spoke to somebody who played for kentucky many years ago and i asked him about competing against alabama he said the next week they were so sore i don't think they won the game but he did tell me that it was a 
very physical and a game that they remembered because Alabama was so tough and they, and they beat Kentucky up. Exactly. It makes perfect sense to me. And I mean, you can, I think you could just start with, you know, size, simply size. I mean, Alabama is just bigger than most teams and you're certainly going to see that tomorrow. Uh, but even against, you know, other SEC West opponents or anybody else, you know, a lot of beef down there and, you know, a lot of athleticism. And I think it's right. I, that is the word sore. I think they just really, really take it out of teams and, uh, you know, the latest candidate is obviously LSU, who, again, is just simply doesn't look like the team that was the number two na- team in the nation is a mere, what, three weeks ago? It sure was. And, and, John, I think part of it is, you know, you have to develop different facets of your offense to give your running back a chance to make some yards. I mean, he had a fabulous games when he was able to run over everyone, running for net, but once there was any type of, uh, defense, they could stop him at the point of attack. They had no other option, and it's really—I think Files and LSU fan be really disheartening because you have big, fast, strong receivers, but your quarterback is not able to get him the ball effectively. Whether it's a scheme, whether it's ability, I, I'm not sure. But they're going to have to do something with that offense. You can't stay in the mode where we're going to run over everybody, and if we don't, we're just going to go home. And, you know, you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, let's face it, you you know, um, LSU's problem to me has just been consistently at quarterback. Um, They just don't ever seem to have that really uh, difference maker at quarterback. They've had some good ones, don't get me wrong. Zach Mettenberger, you know, Matt Flynn, uh, you know, a few others. But, you know, none of them are the types of, you know, players that just simply carry a team. Um, And it it always seems to be about the offense. And then there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, the great players that come out of there and go on to these fabulous careers in the NFL. And, you know, you didn't see it to a degree yet during their days at LSU. I mean, it comes to mind the way they used to talk about, you know, North Carolina basketball players. Yeah, starting with Michael Jordan, that like you know, they were they were great, but you never saw their greatness while there. No, right, yeah, there was some type of schematic issue with with LSU football because John, that's the greatest team game football. Eleven people have to do their job for something to go correctly. One person can be on the wrong page, and it's total failure. But uh, I don't know LSU; they just can't seem to get the right coaching staff to, to guide them. To put, I mean, they put points on the board against certain teams, but anybody oh, yeah. who stands up to them, they can't bully. If they can't bully you, then it, it's it's really uh, a total disaster sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, you know, always fascinating to review and lots of other fascinating things going on in the world of college football, but uh, why don't we now take our break and we'll talk a little more college football on the other side. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., uh, the game of the day tomorrow clearly is Ohio State, Michigan State. Should be a good one. It feels like the first real, real test for Ohio State, uh, you know, they've been a little choppy all year, a little better of late. Uh, the game is in Columbus, but, you know, that's a huge one. Uh, Michigan State still smarting from that crazy call and lost to Nebraska just a couple of weeks ago, ending their undefeated season. So, uh, yeah, the game has potential, but it appears Connor Cook, the uh, impressive Michigan State quarterback is uh, maybe, you know, uh, still working through some injuries, so he may not be 100%. Right, but he's a tough competitor. I'm sure if there's any way he could be on the field, John, he'll be behind center. You know, he's an excellent quarterback. I think he's a good year. He's got four, only four interceptions, a couple of thousand yards, throwing the ball 2,500 almost. And he's the, the winning, winning uh, player for their offense. He's, you know, he really needs to be in there because the games, even with him competing, have been close. A lot of their games, a lot of their, a lot of their wins. So if he's not there, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Well, exactly, yes. Uh, but if he plays, it just uh, puts a whole different light on the game. Uh, you know, he is, you know, a potential top five pick in the uh, – NFL draft. I mean, he is just an absolute stud. And so I think that, uh, you know, as long as he's out on the field, anything is possible. Uh, 
you know, and they're going to be fired up, but uh, it looks like JT Barrett is back as the starter. And uh, yeah, you know, but regardless, you, you know, I mean, Michigan state is a quality team. It's a, you know, it's a stern test. And uh, I think we're going to find out a lot more about Ohio state uh, tomorrow. And, you know, uh, knowing that next, week or their next game after that is Michigan. Um, yeah, I think tomorrow we learn exactly where Ohio State is at. Uh, and I, for one, can't wait. Yeah, John, I think it's it's uh, unique for Mark D'Antonio. He's in a position where they've lost the game. So he's an underdog, and he can go in a few gadget plays and feel comfortable because he's not supposed to win, and it's at Ohio State. So maybe maybe his team is, is loose and, and ready to take on Ohio State. Ohio State, they've been up and down, as you said. Michigan State, they could they could uh, upset the Buckeyes in Columbus uh, tomorrow. That, that could happen. Oh, it could definitely happen. Um, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, the pressure's off Michigan State. Uh, that was a crazy ending out there in Nebraska, wasn't it? I mean, just when you think you've seen it all, you know, and wait a week in college football and you'll see something again you've never seen before. And, you know, that was a new one. It really was. Uh, you know, it's almost impossible to decide if it was a good call or not. I mean, I've just heard so much from both sides. There's a case to be made, including all the officials, you know, explanations and whatnot, uh, you know, certainly not as crazy as the Duke Miami fumble game, but you know, nonetheless, it it sure didn't appear like that defensive back did anything, uh, to really, you know, knock that guy out of bounds, uh, who obviously came back in and caught the winning touchdown pass. Uh, I don't know. There was, yeah, there there was contact, John, but there, there wasn't, Something that interfered with his ability to get down the field. He he wasn't pushed out of bounds. I, I don't believe. Correct. Well, to me, the deciding factor in both college and the NFL really is, you know, was the did the defensive back look back for the ball, and he did, and that's why he ended up, you know, nudging the wide receiver, causing him to, you know, step out of bounds, and then, you know, we know the rest of the right. story, but you know. When I see that, that's usually like the uh, the the ultimate deciding factor right there. If the guy looks back for the ball, more often than not, it will you know negate a pass interference call. And in this case, I thought was going to negate you know the knock him out of bounds call. So it was crazy, that's for sure. I mean, Nebraska. <laughs> it was it was funny. I was actually looking at their record, you know, watching that game and like. It was weird to see him at whatever three and six. I was like, that—that that was just strange to say the least. Um, oh. Yeah, Nebraska has struggled all year long with those tight games, and they've been on the short side of all of them except that one. So. Yeah, well, you know what goes around comes around. AP, you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously, Nebraska was victimized by Brigham Young on a hail mary. You know, when I think of Michigan State, you can't help but think a couple years ago, that crazy pass that they got to win a game uh, right at the end, uh, pretty famous from, again, two, three years ago. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. both both things happen to everybody, good and bad, somewhere along the line. Yeah. 
and, and, and John, that, that game tomorrow, Ohio State, Michigan State, I'm curious to see if Michigan State's defense can rise up because they, they have taken a slight step back from previous teams. So they're going to be challenged because Ohio State has so much offensive firepower that you know, maybe the Spartans are up for it tomorrow. We'll, we shall see. But they're going to have to play some terrific defense on the road against Ohio State. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's not the only other great match. The only great matchup. There are others. Uh, the Big 12, who just cannot seem to get the committee's respect. Uh, TCU at Oklahoma. Baylor at Oklahoma State. Um, I watched that Oklahoma win versus Baylor last week in Baylor. And, boy, it was fascinating to watch the Oklahoma team. They celebrated like they had just won the national championship, lingering on the field. The emotion, Baker Mayfield is a charismatic quarterback, to say the least. I mean, you got to love watching that guy play. You know, he, he has elements of Doug Flutie and whatnot, uh, you know, to his game. And he is just an uber competitor, to say the least. Uh, but, yeah. Their reaction after that game was just incredible, I thought. Yeah, they, Oklahoma, they had that setback early in the season in Texas. Uh, only scored 17 points to a team that was giving up 30-something to Iowa State, 38 to Notre Dame, and uh, Baylor trounced them. So they, they're hitting their stride right now perfectly, and they've got the attention of the college football playoff selection committee. And like you said, that quarterback, he's, he's very effusive in his, his personality and he makes a lot of plays. And he's just what the doctor ordered for Oklahoma. He sure is. And, you know, I always like to watch the NFL for, like, who's that hot team as you head into December that despite the record or whatever, as long as they get in the tournament, they might make some noise yeah. and, in fact, just be on a run the whole whole way to win the Super Bowl. Think 2005 Steelers, who won three road games uh, before winning the Super Bowl in Detroit uh, that year. Um, and right now, Oklahoma. I was watching some film on them last night, and that's exactly what I thought of. I just thought, wow, they look like the hot team. You know, the question is, will they get in? It, that's, a, that's the difference between them and the NFL. It's a, <laughs> yeah. little, a little bit more subjective. Um, right. But, you know, if they do get in and they, number one, if they continue playing like this and then they do get in, uh, could be interesting to say the least. I mean, they have TCU tomorrow and then uh, TCU has been banged up, but they were just a couple weeks ago looking like a playoff team. But uh, but then they're going to have that awesome matchup potentially with Oklahoma State. That could be that could be a play in game for sure. Oh, yeah, if they take care of business this weekend, and Oklahoma State does as well, that could be tremendous. That, that'll be just like a, a conference championship. Totally. Uh, really, so that, you know, that'll get the eyes of all the voters. Yeah, and again, as we, you know, as I touched on, I mean, obviously the Big 12, I, I think they just have to be pulling their hair out. The way it turned out last year when, you know, TCU and Baylor both were left out of the final four. And then, you know, lo and behold, they, they're being left, you know, they're not being uh, included this year again. And, you know, 
they don't have a conference championship game. And, you know, we've all been watching the games wildly entertaining, not a lot of defense and scores like, you know, in the fifties and sixties, you know, which I, it seems like the committee doesn't really like, I guess you'd have to say two years in. That's what I'm gathering, uh, John, but from <laughs> right. some of their comments, right? They're talking about the balance of this team has a good offense, plays pretty good defense, and it seems like they're taking so many statistics and they're projecting. I mean, who's to say you can get a Big 12 team that could put 40 on some of these other teams and beat them all, regardless of their defensive prowess? It, it that's a, I think that's a very uh, tenuous situation you know, to have that type of um, you know, of analysis. Absolutely. Well, the one team that does seem to have you know a better defense than others at this point is Oklahoma State. So that may indeed uh, you know come to the foreground here. So we shall see. But. Hard to believe we're at the uh, at, at our next break, uh, but we still have more to talk about on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, we've been talking a lot of college football, but my pick of the week for appointment viewing, because I'll be there, is, uh, and you'll be able to watch, is Patriots hosting the Bills on Monday Night Football. Uh, Patriots are, after that awesome victory against the New York Giants, are just now becoming must-see TV 
as we head into the second half of the season, facing their old nemesis, Rex Ryan, who was, uh, <laughs> had an interesting press conference yesterday. Uh, not unusual for Rex. So, yeah, Monday night should be great. Uh, but before that, you know, we do have a, a college football weekend and, of course, NFL Sunday. But, you know, one of the hot topics, AP, is uh, the high-profile college coaching jobs that are have come open this year through a, ver- a variety of circumstances, to say the least. <laughs> uh, as, you know, South Carolina, Southern California, Miami, these are three you know, high profile jobs to put it mildly, especially USC and Miami. I mean, they're just, you know, you know, they're iconic programs by any standard. So hearing a lot of names bandied about one I heard yesterday, Charlie strong to Miami, given his background at university of Florida as a coordinator uh, and his, uh, the relationships he has, this was on Danny Cannell and Ryan Russillo on ESPN radio yesterday afternoon, just talking about, which I didn't know his tremendous relationships with the Florida high school football coaches who just love him from his Florida days. And that carried over to Louisville. Yeah, John, if he was to go back to the state of Florida, he, he has all those contacts. And if you do a good job in that state, you're going to have a fine football team. Now, some people would question the level of appeal because the, the facilities and the fan base, I mean, it's either win or go home. I mean, that's it. There's no in-between with that university. The fans are quite fickle, and so you have to you know, get things moving the right direction. I mean, even here, Butch Davis is named Fancy about trying to get back there, which is odd to me, but he, I guess the coaching's in their blood, John. They want to get on the field again. Yeah, we'll see what you think of this, AP. Uh, to me, a key ingredient to the resurgence of Miami, I think they need to play their home games in the new Florida Marlins baseball stadium, which did host a football game last year, at least one, certainly a bowl game that I absolutely remember watching. Um, beautiful stadium, but most importantly, it's built on the site of the former Orange Bowl. It's literally right there. And so that's convenient to Coral Gables. You know, I'm a huge believer that, you know, playing college football teams, playing home games uh, 20, 30, 40 miles away from campus is not good. And I think in Miami, where you have all so many other distractions, uh, you know, it's even more exacerbated. So don't know if that idea has been thrown out there. And I'm no Miami expert by any means, but, you know. They've clearly, at least, as I said, they played one football game there. So it's not like they can't play a football game in the new Marlins stadium. And I, I could just see that as being a potential key ingredient to getting that program back to what it was, uh, along with, of course, a marquee coach. Yeah, I think that would be a, a good idea for them to play at that stadium, John. And if, if Charlie Strong gets that team you know, rejuvenates that program, they're going to show up anywhere in the Miami Miami area, but it'll make it more effective if he plays in that stadium that you mentioned, I believe. And, John, you have some other type um, uh, teams available looking for coaches. Uh, Missouri, 
I mean, this week that happened. Oh, in yes. Virginia, Virginia, in Virginia Tech. They're, they're right in there as well. Yes, so, I, you're right. I, I, I only mentioned three, but yeah, those are also major programs, to say the least. You know, Frank Beamer moving on is, you know, good for him. I think he's just moving on at the right time. I don't know how else to say it, and I, and I mean that with all complete respect. Uh, I've seen Virginia Tech play a few times up here at BC, and great program. What he's done there is just nothing short of amazing in the hills of Virginia. And, uh, yeah, and again, Missouri. I mean, they've been in a couple SEC title games recently. So, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of openings right now. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds, to say the least. Yeah, John, you mentioned Missouri. That's kind of an interesting spot because – Gary Pinkle was able to win and get into the championship game. He hasn't had a title, but he's got the Eastern Division title, which is full of you know, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. I mean, I, I think that I and many, many, many others, you know, were pretty surprised, you know, just, you know, when Missouri first joined the SEC, just geographically, whatever, it didn't really, you know, um, seem to make sense. And then lo and behold, they show up in the conference, and boom, there they are in the conference championship two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And that is, an, is in and of itself, a very, very impressive feat, to put it mildly. Yeah, John, just, just compared from one moment, Texas A&M came in on the other side, and they're not, they weren't close to a championship. Now, I know there's a difference in the two divisions at this point, but still, it's it, it was there for the taking, and Missouri rose to the occasion. That's a great example. That's a perfect example. Um, I think Missouri just caught a lot of people by surprise by doing what they did under Gary Pinkle and getting to those two championship games down there in Atlanta. And uh, I remember that game against Auburn a couple of years ago. Uh, they gave them more than they could handle, to put it mildly. Um, that was a great game. And, uh, yeah, again, it's uh, just with the whole Missouri backstory and whatnot. Fascinating job, to say the least. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, hearing a lot of names. You mentioned Butch Davis. We talked about Charlie Strong. You would know better than anyone. Lane Kiffin is now being mentioned every time, you know, a high-profile job comes up, let alone five of them at once. And I'm sure there's more that we're probably not even getting to. Um, I don't know. These, it, it's pretty crazy if you think about it. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like I I can remember. You know, before Thanksgiving, talking about five major college football openings there for the taking, uh, all the weekend before Thanksgiving. That's pretty pretty unusual, if not a first. Yeah, I think so, John. I think it is quite unusual and. You don't know what's going to happen here with maybe Georgia and Kentucky. Uh, who's to say if they're satisfied and they might be ready to give someone the hook? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. There's, right. We haven't even talked about that. That you know there are some major programs that uh, you know. Well, what better one to discuss than Les Miles? There. I mean, we're hearing that you know. 
from some, you know, significant sources that, you know, personalities that are saying, you know, Les Miles could be in trouble at LSU, which is mind-boggling. What's he won? 80% of his games or something like that? Yeah, his issue is Alabama and, uh, you know, when Auburn was going strong. So he, he's, got, he's in just a rough division of college football. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, you know, again, never a dull moment. Uh, you know, we're coming up to some really fascinating, uh, you know, fascinating matchups here in the last couple of weeks of the season with the committee. Uh, it's going to be fun. And the other thing, by the way, it's hard to believe the college basketball is underway. It's like, you know, in force, there's like all of a sudden six games a night and I'm watching, there's a, now they're doing those holiday week uh, games in warm weather locales like Puerto Rico. Uh, kind of snuck up on me this year for whatever reason. Yeah, it really, it really did, John. I guess with this college football playoff selection committee every week and the rankings and so many excellent ball games stirring the emotions of everyone, college basketball, and I don't think people really start following it until maybe January. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah, well, I did manage to watch, you know, some of that Kentucky-Duke game, which was fascinating. They just, both teams just reloaded with super, you know, superstar freshmen and whatnot. And uh, that was good. That was good stuff. Watched a little of the Michigan State-Kansas uh, game as well. So, yeah, I mean, that I like. That You know, it's this United Center classic champions classic or whatever it's called uh in chicago is a pretty cool thing to get you know typically you know for the best teams in the country right off the bat so that was fun yeah they michigan state those type of teams they'll play anyone anywhere i mean didn't didn't they play an aircraft carrier last year maybe michigan state i mean they'll exactly go and travel the countryside because when you're a coach uh you know, like Michigan, they have at Michigan State. He's not worried about his contract. That's it. Well, interestingly, they're coming to play Northeastern in Boston in December. Michigan State is so. The, the further verification of what you said and AP, hard to believe we've actually gotten to the end of our show. That's something that sneaks up on us also every week. And uh, once again, thank you as always for your perspective. Well, thank you, John. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.